0: good morning to all our listeners of Devi Bhagavat. hope you had a nice day yesterday let us all listen to what is next The Tapasya of Vedavyas and boon granted by Sri Shiva in chapter 1, episodes 10 through 13. The story of Raja Sudhyamna being turned into a woman, her stuti to the goddess and the goddesses granting her a place at her lotus feet. The rishis, said Honorable Suji, you have already mentioned that Vyasji was very competent and learned. He recited the entire Puranas to Sukdev. By what tapasya did he gain Sukadev as a son? In this connection, you were fortunate to hear the story from Vyasji himself. Please be kind and tell us exactly as you heard it. Sujji said, Sukdev was a yogi of the highest order. How he took birth as the son of Satyav- Satyavati Nandan, Vyashi is what I am going to narrate to you. Many ages ago, Ved Vyas had a strong desire to have a son. And with this in his heart, he went to the area where holy men congregate on Mount Meru and started very austere penance. In in his meditation, it occurred to him again and again that worship of the Devi is of paramount importance and absolutely necessary. He who does not worship the Devi is not worthy to exist in this world. The person who worships the Devi is exalted and worthy of respect. The place that Sri Vyastis selected for his penance had a most wondrous oleander grove with beautiful fragrant flowers of blackish red and yellow hues. God's and ancient sages used to live in this group. Also present were Aditya, Vasu, Rudra, Marut, Ashwin Kumar, and others who had attained Brahma-Sakshatkar, God-realization. Divine music floated over the place. Gradually, the brightness and Vedavyastis Radiance started spreading and it enveloped the earth. His locks began to glow like golden embers. Seeing this a few legends Indra, god of the Devas, became perturbed. He went to Sri Shankara and entered into his presence. Sri Shankara Observed, O Indra, you are the king of the Vedas. How is it you are overcome with fear? What is it that disturbs you? You should never have any misgiving, intolerance or jealousy against tapasvis. Together with my Shakti, I am worthy of reverence, worship and adoration with full knowledge of this time of the of this the munis are always immersed in meditation <coughs> and tapasya. They have no unfriendly or injurious intentions towards any living being. <coughs> After hearing these words of Sri Shankar, Indra asked why is Vyasti performing this Gore Tapasya forbidable penance? What are his intentions? Sri Shankar replied, Ved Vyas desires a son. That is why he is doing this difficult penance. He will soon complete hundred years of tapas. Then I will grant him a fine son. <coughs> Suji says, Thus spoke Sri Shankar to Indra. Then Bhagwan Shankar went to Vyasji and said, Vasavinandan, Vyas, arise, O sinless one. You are going to receive the gift of a son who will be sinless, guiltless, brilliant, possessing wisdom of the highest order, who will have knowledge of the self, who will gain extensive fame and win laurels, whose conduct will be faultless, faultless whose communication will be sweet and pleasing, virtuous, valiant, upright, prowess, belonging to the highest order according to the Puranas. He will be endowed with sattvic qualities and he will also be various, sorry, he will also be very pious. Suji says, after hearing these most auspicious words in the Madhurvani, sweet voice of Sri Shankar, Vyasti prostrated in obeisance and then proceeded to his ashram. After so many years of extreme penance, he was tired. Soon he began to ponder, in order to beget this son, there has to be a wife and I do not have one. But how to acquire a wife? Because it can only mean getting shackled in chains, whether a woman produces children or is chaste, and observes moral rules. She is still a binding force. She will want all her desires and requirements to be fulfilled. A householder's life is full of problems. How am I accept this situation? While he was thus musing An Apsara called Gritachi assumed a divine form and appeared before him. Vyaschi saw her, but the thought came to him that if he accepted her, all the host of Munis who were in different stages of tapas and meditation would make fun of him. However, marriage and household does give a lot of happiness. It is said that in the state of marriage, you receive the gift of children. You attain heaven and once you get the knowledge of the self, you even get moksha. Long ago, he had heard Sri Narada's reasoning in this context. There was an apsara called Urvavashi who enchanted King Purana, King Puruvara, Puru. Pururava, enchanted king Pururava. In the end, she abandoned him. <clears throat> the Munis requested Suji, there is a story of how Ila gave birth to Pururava. Please relate that to us. Suji agreed. There was a king named Sudhimna. Never an untruth or false word came out of his mouth. He had full control of his senses and faculties of perception. One day he mounted his horse and set out to hunt in forest. He was accompanied by many ministers. He carried his splendid bow, arse and a quiver full of arrows. While hunting king, Sudhyumna strayed into a singularly beautiful part of the forest which was at the foothills of the holy Mount Meru. The beauty was enhanced by the delicate and fragrant Parijata and other climbing plants bearing flowers. Also, there were trees like Bakul, fragrant flowers, Tarkul, flowers used as ear ornaments, tamal, evergreen, champa, magnolia, maho, edible sweet flowers, vasanti, jasmine, malati, flowering creeper, jackfruit, mango, neem, and fruits like banana, coconut, and pomegranate. There were ponds with water lily and birds like cranes and swan. Continuous musical sounds came from a bamboo groove. Bumblebees were droning on the fragrant air. This forest was verily an abode of joy and peace. And Raja Sudhyumna felt very very gratified. So also his attendants. Then, of course, all of them entered into this wonderful forest. No sooner had they stepped in when all of them were turned into women. Even the horses they were riding turned into mares. They were greatly distressed and began to run hither and thither, trying to understand what strange transformation had befallen them. The king was most distressed and wondered who had played this trick and how he could ever return to rule his kingdom. The puzzled Rishi said, Sudji, this is a most astonishing happening. King Sudhyumna was just a righteous man and the forest was so pleasing and bounteous. What should have happened for this king of retribution? Please tell us. Suji explained, It was a long time ago that many rishis desired to have a darshan of Lord Shiva. When they entered, the Lord was in the company of Bhagwati Uma. On seeing the rishis, the goddess was filled with his lajja, bashful modesty, and moved away from the Lord. Her entire being was trembling with shyness. Seeing this, the rishi realized that they had breached divine protocol and they rushed to sri narayana for refuge seeing his beloved parvati blushing and diffident Sri shankar pacified her thus don't be upset to please you i declare that any male who enters these forests out of allurement and spiritual ignorance will immediately be changed into female this is the ban imposed on his on this forest by Bhagwan Sri Shankar and since then it has become storehouse for men with flaws, shortcomings and weakness. Since then no being who has knowledge of this has ever made the mistake of entering this most tempting and alluring forest. Unfortunately, Raja Sudhyumna was unaware of this and in ignorance he and his followers entered and had a suffer. And had to suffer the consequence now the black clouds of despair engulfed the king, being a woman, he could not return to the palace, and he and his followers began to wander here and there. His name was now changed to Ila. while still moving outside the forest. A young man by the name of Buddha son, Buddha son of. Chandrama met Ila. She was very beautiful and attended on by many women. Buddha expressed his desire to make Ila his wife. Ila also wished to have him as a husband. <coughs> 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 They both married and Ila gave birth to Puruvra, son of Bhud. After this, Ila was again troubled by thoughts of this palace. So she visited the guru of their dynasty, Kuluguru, Acharya Muni Vasishta. He was a very benevolent and compassionate guru and was moved by Ila's plight. He immediately started prayers. And invocations to Shri Shankar. He was pleased by the eulogies of Sage Vasist, but he did not reverse the ban. He, however, made a concession. Raja Sudhyamna would be a man for one month and a woman for one month in the future. After receiving this boon, the king returned to the palace. During the month that he was a woman, he stayed confined within the palace the, the, during the time that he was a male he ruled as a king but soon his subjects reacted and could not accept such a repulsive situation as soon as possible he installed his son Puruva on the throne and retired to the forest he visited Muni Narad and learned from him the Nava Shar Mantra of Nine Syllables He was filled with devotion and started chanting this holy mantra. Then the great goddess, who grants deliverance and salvation to all, was pleased. She gave darshan to the king. She was seated on a lion and was bede- bedecked with ornaments. Her form was most pleasing and awe-inspiring. During this visit, the king was in the form of the woman, Ila, and her eyes bloomed with happiness, with unbounded joy, and folded her hands and bowed in worship and began to sing praises to the goddess Jagadamba. Ila said, O goddess Bhagavati, I am most blessed and fortunate to have received a glimpse of your universal divine form. You are verily the supreme... Goddess who looks after the guides and visible and invisible gods. You are bedecked with different ornaments of jewels and diamonds. It is your nature to give prosperity and rewards of penance. You open the gates of moksha for your devotees. I prostrate before you, O Jagadamba, when even the gods have not been able to adequately describe. Your magnificence, how can we ordinary mortals even attempt to comprehend your majesty? It is only by your glance that the true meaning of these scriptures become clear. O oh, Devi, I am splendid by your grandeur. The gods Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh, Indra, Varun, Surya, Chandrama, Agni, Pavan, Kuber and the Vasus have not been able to completely comprehend all your glory and nature. How can we, who are lacking in virtues, even try to know who and what you are? O oh, Mother Sri Vishnu is noble and splendid, but he also is unaware of yourself and allows his feet to be rubbed by your manifest form as his Shakti, Satvik Swarup, Sri Lakshmi, who looks after the wealth and well being of the world. Similarly, Brahmaji knows you only in the form of Rajaswarup, Sri Saraswati, who destroys ignorance, and Shiva knows you as Tapaswarup, Sri Parvati. <coughs> In comparison, I am ignorant and lacking in knowledge and this wondrous gift of a vision of your immeasurable glory is beyond my comprehension. Bhavani, I am slowly beginning to understand your compassionate demonstration. It is your nature to be moved by unbounded faith and ananya bhakti where there is no other. It was only when you assumed the form of Lakshmi that Sri Vishnu succeeded in killing the demons Madhu and Kaitaba. Then why does Sri Vishnu get his feet pressed by you? I understand as soon are as radiant and effulgent like fire, he gets his feet purified by contact, so that he can uphold the universe and preserve dharma, even when sage Briju. Kicked Sri Vishnu on the chest. He was so full of yearning for Sri Devi that he did not get angry. Just as the Ashoka trees does not get angry with the gardener who trims it to make it look beautiful, all the goddesses pay obeisance to Sri Hari. But he constantly meditates upon you. You reside on the couch of of the beach world. Expansive chest of Sri Vishnu as inseparable of lightning within a gathering of clouds. Does this not mean that Sri Vishnu is your Vahana? Mother, if you separate from Sri Vishnu, performing puja to him will become impossible. It is evident that even if a person is honest, amiable, generous, peaceful, and virtuous, If he does not have you residing in his heart, he is abandoned by all, including brother and friend. O Devi of immeasurable power and majesty, please tell me, these gods like Brahma and others who are eternally adoring and paying homage to you, were they never women? I am convinced, O Devi, that they were once women and you turned them into men. O oh, mother, you have all the powers to make women into men and men into women. Please be merciful to me and make me into man. The Devi was pleased and changed Ila into a man. And now Sudhyamna prayed, O oh Devi, in my heart I know that you are neither male nor female, neither formless nor having a form. Whoever you are, Whatever you are, I worship you incessantly and forever. Mother, it is my earnest desire that I may be worthy to worship you always, Suji said. Saying this, Sudhyamna surrendered himself and took refuge at lotus feet of the Devi. She granted him heaven in her divine abode, a place coveted even by the gods from where there is no return on the demise of Sadyumna pururava started ruling the kingdom he has brilliant he was brilliant upright and virtuous and was always concerned about the well-being of his subjects his kingdom pratisthan was a happy and a pleasant place he was very tolerant and had knowledge of all dharmas he was already blessed with godlines under his rule vedic prayers charity and gifts to holy men discipline and transparency of administration were maintained all castes and communities performed their respective rites at their ashrams in complete freedom he himself performed manifold yajyas and disturbed distributed presents and donations seeing his image of royalty and grandeur and hearing of his valor and virtues urvashi became attracted to him she desired to make him her husband the apsara urvashi had a curse upon her by shri brahma which caused her to take birth as a mortal she approached Pururava with a proposal for marriage, but put two conditions. Firstly, he should take care of the two rams that she had, and that she would only eat ghee every day. Allow she, also she should never lay eyes on his unclad body. If any of these conditions were broken she would immediately leave him. Pururva agreed and she lived with him, waiting for her release from her curse. The king was totally infatuated with Yurvashi, and thoughts of her began to rule his head and heart. It, began, it became impossible for him to be without her company even for a minute. Many years passed. Sri Indra began to Miss Urvashi in Devloka. He called Gandharvas and asked them to make efforts to get Urvashi back. He suggested they steal the rams from Pururavas palace. <clears throat> he told them to use any means but to definitely bring Urvashi back as his coat was dull without her. So the Gandharvas and the demigods descended on the palace and stole the rams. But as they were ascending back to heaven, the rams began to (coughs) bleat. Urvashi loved these rams like children and when she heard them, she explained to the king, (coughs) You? promised to protect these rams who are as beloved as children to me by putting my trust in you i have been destroyed you are just lying with your eyes closed like an important being the king lost his senses and jumped out of the bed and ran unclothed behind the thieves it was pitch dark but the Gandharvas caused a flash of lightning. Urvashi's eyes beheld an unclad king and immediately she disappeared. The Gandharvas abandoned the rams and left. The king managed to catch the rams and returned to the palace tired and weary. When he did not find Urvashi, he released that she had gone forever. He kept wandering from place to place. His appearance became like that of a mad man and he roamed the earth looking for her. At last he saw her in Kurukshetra and begged her to return as he could not exist without her. Urvashi said, O oh, king, you are very foolish. You have lost your sense of wisdom. Return to your palace. It is futile to be so dejected and sad. In spite of this, he continued to sink into the mire of attachment <clears throat> and suffered pangs of separation. Suji said, this is the story of Urvashi and Pururvas. Now, chapter 1, episodes 14 to 15. Episodes fourteen to fifteen: The Birth of Sukdev, Story of Sri Vishnu, Floating as a Child on a Banyan Leaf. On seeing the beautiful Apsara Gritadhri, Vyastis fell into a quandary. He thought, "This celestial female is not compatible for me." He became so serious in his expression that the Apsara became fearful that he would put a curse on her. She immediately changed her form into that of a parrot and trembling with fear flew past him. Vyasji was puzzled to see this. Actually, when he first saw her, he was overcome with carnal desires for her. At that time, he was churning the Arani wooden instrument for creating fire. All of a sudden, he spilled his seed on the wood, but unaware of this, he continued churning. Out of this was born Sukdev without conception. His appearance was as grand and auspicious as his father, Ved Vyas. <clears throat> Just as the fire of a havan shines brightly on receiving oblations of havi, so also the visage of Sukdev began to dazzle and glow. Seeing this sun, Vedavya's joy knew no bounds. He began to wonder what the significance of such a happening was. This was certainly the boon promised by Sri Shiva. The boy is embodiment of Agni's splendor and light and beauty. Munivyas took a holy dip in the Ganges and returned to the summit of Mount Meru. The tapasvis on the mountain began to rain showers of flowers on the radiant boy. Vedavyas performed all the prescribed ceremonies of consecration, purification and investure with sacred thread, Vishvavasu, Narada, Tamburu, and other Gandharvas and demi-gods were pleased. They came down from the heaven and sang and, and paid homage to his divine child. From the heavens also descended Divya Kamadal, divine earthen pot, pot staff, and the skin of a Krishna much black antelope. Sukdev grew up and matured very fast and as always his face was radiant and glowing. <clears throat> Vyasji, who was an expert in sacred percepts and ceremonies, conducted the sacred <clears throat> thread initiation ceremony like his father, and Sukdev also endeavored with the pure knowledge and all the Vedas installed to him to install themselves within him with all their mysteries and secrets revealed, Sukdev chose as his spiritual teacher the Guru Brihaspati. <coughs> he fulfilled all the requirements of Shishya, including the oath of Brahmachari. While in the Gurukul, he specialized in the knowledge of all the scriptures and became conversant with rites, ceremonies, and sacred precepts. On completion, he took leave of his guru by offering a token of gratitude. When he reached home, his father pressed him to his chest many times and took deep breaths For his forehead, then Samavardhan was done. A Vedic rite performed on the return of a disciple to his household from his guru's residence. Now, Vyasi began to think of getting Sukdev married. So one day he approached his son, O sinless and guiltiless one, you are now well-versed in the Vedas and scriptures. You must get married and become a householder, thus pleasing the gods and ancestors. This will relieve me of Pitrashran, one of the three debts on a man from which he is freed when he begets a son. You are very intelligent and I have a lot of expectations from you. It is your filial duty to fulfill them. After severe penance, I was blessed to behold you. O constant and unborn one, you are of divine form. I am your father. Please look after me. (coughs) Suji said, having heard his father's words, this ascetic who had subdued all his passions spoke thus, Sukdev said, Father, tell me, in this mortal world, is there any happiness without sorrow? The learned ones do not term such a state as happy. Marriage will bring me under subjection to woman. Once she gets me under her control, what freedom will I have? It is possible for a man to free himself of shackles of iron and steel but it is impossible to get out of the bondage of the wife and children. O twice born one, the body functions and gives out excretions. A woman's body also does the same. Why would any Man, aware of the truth, wish to enter into into gratification uh, with such a body. Oh, Brahmin, I am unborn. Then why would I want to become a being that has its birth through the organ of generation? I do not wish to take birth again in the future. Why should I sacrifice the supreme joy of loving God for the odious and abhorrent carnal pleasures? Those who have experiences the bliss of the spirit will never be tempted by material pleasures. My first step was to make a thorough study of the Vedas, but when I contemplated on them, I found Conclusively, that they supported slaughter, and inclined the mind towards attachment to worldly objects in pursuit of religious performances to purify the mind. I chose Sri Brahmapathi as my religious per- preceptor, but he ha- he was also continuously caught up in the ocean of duties enjoyed for a householder. So. How could he guide me? When a physician is himself afflicted, how can he practice the art of healing? This was the situation in the case of my guru. He is himself searching for the route to moksha. Oh, how dark and gloomy is the life of a householder. I bowed to my guru respectfully and came back to you. My heart trembles at the thought of this venomous and poisonous existence. Please teach me the knowledge of the essences or principles of the elements and save me. I am orbiting this world of darkness like an assembly of planets. With this ceaseless movement, I am unable to find peace, tranquility and response you will release that there is no such thing as worldly happiness the ignorant may claim that there is but then they are like worms which find happiness in the soul where they belong but those who have knowledge of the vedas and scriptures and still maintain that there is happiness in the material world they are the most foolish and unfortunate beings Their birth is as insignificant and meaningless as that of a dog, donkey or horse. After being born a mortal and getting an opportunity to acquire knowledge of the Vedas and the Shastras, if a human being shackles himself with worldly bondages, then who deserves to get Moksha? Woman is the thresh... Threefold Maya. In this world, only he can be called having crossed the ocean of illusion, who has successfully detached himself from her shackles. No useful purpose is served in this in just having the knowledge and then getting ensnared. I must study how to avoid it. Because of these fetters, Griha, family abode, has come to me to be called Graha, Eclipse. Father, marriage has all the parapheralia for bindings and attachments. I am in constant fear of this. Those who have no discrimination, those who are victims of fate, They have wasted this birth by opting for bondage. Vyasji replies, Son, marriage is neither a bondage nor the cause for bondage. A man can be a householder but so detached that he is free. He uses the wealth which has been honestly earned as prescribed in the Vedas for good purposes if he performs rites for the honor of his ancestors if he always speaks the truth and if he maintains holiness and purity he can get moksha even inside his home after completing their woes the brahmachari, the sanyasi and the one prash comes for alms at midday and it is the dharma of the householder to offer them food and speak to them with respect and concern this gives them satisfaction i do not know of nor have i heard of any state which is more important than being a householder the wise experienced and learned sage vashishta and other acharyas have all been householders O oh, fortunate one Householders who live in accordance with the tenets of the Vedas can achieve the highest spiritual ascent and all their desires and aspirations get fulfilled. Dharmic and knowledgeable men say that one should always observe the rules of one stage of life before entering the second and the third. So it is advisable that you establish a home and endeavour to perform all the duties that it enjoins. Son, the secrets of dharma are not hidden from you. Enter the state of a householder, beget sons and give happiness to your father and forefathers. Later on you can renounce the world, go into the forest and observe the austerities of prastha life. Then, last of all, the ultimate existence of Sanya's ashram can be observed. Son, heed my advice. Let us find a suitable bride for you. Settle down as a householder and you can live according to the Vedic principles. (coughs) Subhadev replied, Father, forgive me, but I cannot accept greatest ashram. It is comparable to a permanent bondage. Man is continuously involved in the tensions of amassing wealth and never can recognize or experience joy. In the pursuit of material possessions, he harms and kills another. Even Indra has never been able to experience the complete happiness which is enjoyed by a beggar who is content with his freedom from desire and indifferent to material wealth. Even if one gains the richness of the three worlds, he cannot experience the joy of detachment that a beggar feels. Indrai is the king of Devalok, but when he sees a saint in meditation, he feels jealous and insecure. He becomes constantly engaged in efforts to put obstacles and hindrances and break the meditation. O oh, fortunate one, I am your unconceived son. Then why are you pushing me into a world which is full of endless darkness, unhappiness and sorrow? Birth, old age and death and again and again rebirth after occupying the unclean water of a womb are filled with gloom and sorrow. The evil that follows avarice and greed is more distressful and painful. Worse than death are cravings and addictions. When the family grows into father, mother, children, grandchildren, and all dependents, they all become instrumental in multiplying your responsibilities and problems. Father, the joy giving pursuits are Yoga Shastra and Nan Shastra, union of the Self with the Universal Soul and means of meditations. One who seeks pure Nirmal Vidya and knowledge of Yoga philosophy by sage Patanjali give me a com- commentary and interpretation of these secrets there is a science of innumerable rituals Karma Kant, but I am not interested in that blaming fate and destiny hoarding to provide for a secure future and worrying and toiling for present existence these three Activities come from ignorance and false knowledge. Teach me the way, neutralize, and go beyond these actions and involvements. Suji so, said. Upon hearing this, these strong statements, Vyasji sank into waves of despair and began to wonder how to make a correct and positive decision. Supde so, was shocked and amazed to see his father in such a pitiful state he said oh father maya has an overpowering influence no wonder learned men who are proficient in the scriptures who are religious instructors and give discourses and quite authentically proved episodes from the vedas get swayed and lose their senses of discrimination and discretion i am unable to understand the nature of this maya it must be something in some in surmountable impassable and difficult to overcome if satyavati nandan vyasji who is possessed of the highest order of spiritual knowledge and wisdom has got entangled in its chains the most illustrious one who is the narrator of the Puranas, the noble-spirited one who composed the Mahabharata and the skilled one who was entrusted with dividing the Vedas, he also got captivated by this Maya. Even the creation, preserver and destroyer have come under the illusion and confusion created by Maya Devi then how can anyone else in the Triloki three worlds escape? Undoubtedly, the strength and powers of Maya Devi is awe-inspiring because even the all-powered and omniscient Sri Vishnu was overcome and could not function in her absence. Vyasi is an Ansh avatar partial incarnation of Sri vishnu and yet he is being tossed around in the ocean of illusion like a sailor who has lost his boat he has lost control and is weeping tears like an ordinary mortal the power of yoga maya is strength and curious and even disconcerning cannot recognize and avoid it who is she who am i and how did i come to be here what strange illusion is this this body is composed of five elements it has the propens it has the propensity for relationships like father son and others this can deceive even fraudulent and artful beings and is undoubtedly an infinite and boundless energy <coughs> possessed of unlimited capacity, capability capability it has caused even brahman Devata, Ved Vyasti to shed tears from his eyes. Suji said, "Yoga Maya is the supreme causal of all causes. All the gods emanated from her. Even Sri Brahma is under their cont- in, is under her control." Sukdevji worshipped Bhagavati Yoga Maya in his heart and offered pranams. His father had been reduced to a pitiable state. He was sinking into an ocean of sorrow. Sukdevji spoke words that would be benevolent for his father. O fortunate one, you are the legitimate son of Parasharji, begotten by a wife who was of his tribe. It is your nature to impart divine knowledge to all. Then why are you sinking into despair like an ordinary, illiterate and ignorant mortal? Today I am your son, but no one knows what I was in my previous birth and who you were. Why should a learned and illustrious teacher like you fall into the trap of maya? Use your wisdom with gravity and fortitude. It is not right to contaminate your mind with rejection and sorrow. Just recognize these father-son relationship as a web of illusion. O oh, Muni, you are knowledgeable and the embodiment of virtue and wisdom. With your religious prowess, remove my ignorance so that I can be freed from the fear of taking birth through human process. This earth is karma bhumi. And one does not always merit a human birth. And then if one is born in the house of a Brahmin of a high order, then it is rare and unique event. But I feel captured and bound and I am unable to get rid of this connection. When the mind gets caught in the worldly web, then it is patriarch who is... Answerable. suji said sukhdev ji was extremely wise his demeanour was peaceful his in his mind he was already detached sannyas hearing these words from his worthy and capable son Vyasji said son you are very blessed and fortunate I have written I have written Devi Bhagavat. You make a study of it. It is equal to the Vedas. It has five features of immeasurable value and it is divided into 12 chapters. In my opinion, this is the decoration and embellishment of all the Puranas, meaning it is preeminent, excellent and most superior. Just from listening to Devi Bhagavat being read one gets the power of discretion and the ability judge right from wrong you must study Devi Bhagavat. once when Shri Vishnu found himself as a small child floating on a banyan leaf he began to wonder why have I turned into a child which divine being has caused this to happen to me To accomplish which task have I been created thus? Out of what substance have I been formed? How will I obtain knowledge of all these things? Shri Vishnu was pondering thus when Sri Bhagavati Yogamaya allayed all his fears. She uttered in the most beautiful voice the half shloka which unravels The mystery of the objects of a human being's creation and existence. I am this entire creation. There is no other indestructible or imperishable object but me. Sarvam kalvidam me veham nani sanatanam. On hearing this. On hearing this awesome declaration, the first thing that happened to Sri Vishnu was that he understood it in its entirety. Then he began to wonder from whose voice was this awesome declaration emanated. Is the speaker a male or a female or Neither. What must I do to have a glimpse of this being? Even as he was contemplating, he enthroned the Divine Mother in his heart. He kept repeating the half-sloka again and again. He became engrossed in it, but his curiosity had not left. He lay down on the leaf when his attention became tranquil and thoughtless then the devi yogamaya separated before him i mean sorry appeared then the devi yogamaya appeared before him she manifested her divine form of four arms bearing four arms bearing conch chakra mace and lotus her clothes were shining necklaces and pearls and other jewels were adding to her splendor. She was accompanied by her attendants. Her face was beautiful, with a smile on her radiant face. She stood before Sri Vishnu, the Devi Mahalakshmi herself. Sudji says, All around was the vast ocean. On seeing this resplendent form of the Devi so suddenly, The lotus-eyed Sri Vishnu was astonished. Surrounding her were her other aspects all seated on the thrones. Love, affection, intelligence, prosperity, intelligent, intellect, dignity, fame, memory, understanding, faith, prudence, purify, hunger, thirst, sleep, compassionate, movement, contempt, forgiveness, modesty, deep sleep, rest, satisfaction. They all carried weapons for destroying negativities. They were all adorned with jewels, garlands of sweet-smelling parijata flowers and necklaces of pearls enhanced their beauty. Sri Vishnu began to wonder, who are all these female forms? And who am I on this leaf of banyan when there is only Bhava Sagra? All around, how did this leaf appear? And which unknown power has caused me to become a little child lying on this leaf? Who is this form before me? Which undefinable power has placed this indescribable seen before me now what should I do should I go somewhere or should I remain here in this innocent childlike form I request you all to take leave please mother Adi Shakti allow us to imbibe all the knowledge that you have just provided let us stay in silence in meditative state for a couple of minutes and then conclude for this day have a good day thank you thank you for allowing me to read Devi Bhagwat